passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And I get it, you're upset AJ Styles isn't here anymore, but with him gone, SmackDown will become the Temple of Elias. Elias is cool and all, but this, this is game changing. Roman Reigns is on SmackDown Live! As if they don't have too much on their plates. The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade. They'll talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. We want to SmackDown! We want to SmackDown! We want to SmackDown! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind to SmackDown. I'm John Pollock here alongside Wei Ting, coming out of the second night of the Superstar Shakeup at the Bell Center in Montreal, Quebec. Yes, that's right. Yeah, am I supposed to say something following that? I don't know. Sometimes I just feel I get out uh, a sentence, and I just sit back, and I just wait for you to react. I didn't really give you much there to work with. Yeah, um, well, thanks for that. Um, I wish I had uh, something great to follow up with, but um, how about oh, we try again? Yeah, John, that was uh, that's what we saw tonight, and it Correct. was yeah. Imagine it, we watched different shows or something like that. I mean, that would have been so terrible. Yeah, like, you could just just told me about how uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning were just eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs, a major upset in the in the playoffs tonight. Yeah, I don't think I would have much to say about that either, unfortunately. The Tampa Bay Lightning put out maybe the most depressing uh, message to their fans after like this was like one of the favorites to win the entire thing. They're the first team eliminated in the playoffs. This is their statement they put out, Way. We don't have any words. This is from their official Twitter. We don't have any words, and we know you don't want to hear them. We understand your anger, your frustration, your sadness, everything you're feeling. We get it. This isn't the ending we imagined, and certainly not the one we wanted. Thank you for being there the entire way. God, oh, wow. enjoy your Wednesday. What a miserable statement to end your season off on. I mean, We Blew It was a bit more concise than that, but pretty much the same sentiment. Um, Well, at least it's honest, don't you think? It, it is very honest. We blew it. We know. We know. Please don't rake us over the coals. Usually the expectation is just, you know, uh, when you tweet something like that out, it, it's you're kind of hoping that people are going to say, oh, don't feel so bad. You guys did great. Uh, I wonder. I wonder what the response is. I'm sure many level-headed sports fans are going to realize it's only a game. There's another season to play. Why should we get so emotional over entertainment? 
Well, God forbid they change their team name. To the light, the lightning experience or something. God, then they would really feel the backlash. Yeah. Well, maybe we can go. Well, next year uh, WrestleMania, we can see how the city recovers. And they're yep. probably going to be right back uh, on top of the world next year, getting ready for another playoff run. People like to feel very possessive about their sports teams. That so very so. Uh, what else is going on? A lot of people, um, either publicly uh, requesting releases or, or actually getting releases in private. That oh seems boy. to be a part of the trend over the past twenty four hours. Do you want to go through some of these uh, these items? Off Let's the top? do it. Yes. Okay. So, where where do you want to start? Who who should we start with? Well, I mean, this is like you know, like it, 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 I feel like this is the real superstar shakeup, not the stuff that's happening on Raw or SmackDown. It's the people that are shaking themselves out of the company. So, um, yeah, what 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 is confirmed or or what have you heard? I guess nothing's really confirmed. All right, let's start with Sasha Banks. So, with Sasha Banks, from what I've been able to gather. Um, you know, th- this isn't a case where she's just not showing up or anything. Like, she's been granted this time away. And it sounds like she is, she has been granted time off. And they are hopeful that she's going to be coming back. And they are, they are hopeful that she's going to be on the next pay-per-view, which is in the middle of May with the Money in the Bank show. That is the hope. And, you know, based on tonight, Bailey is on SmackDown. And that had always been the plan. And it seems like that was more so of an issue, the fact that they were breaking up the team because Sasha, when and if she comes back, she is, as of today, scheduled to be on Raw. So her and Bailey, and that was made very clear in Bailey's promo. She's a singles competitor now, and she said that several times. So they are breaking up that team. And that was always the plan as of when? After Mania or even before Mania that they were going to break up? I don't know exactly when, but this was not made... um, this was not made recently is uh, how it was indicated to me. So at, yeah. like they were planning to split up this team and I don't believe it was a reaction. I, I would imagine it was decided before WrestleMania and I'm sure that's why they dropped the titles. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, that they were going to be going this direction. So uh, unless they have a change of direction, like they are supposed to be on separate shows once Sasha Banks comes back and you know, no, Obviously, we can only speculate. I would be very surprised if Sasha does not come back. I think that she is going to come back. I don't know what her contract status, what the time she has left on her deal is, but it just would seem uh, pointless to, you know, take this extended hiatus. I do expect her to be back at some point. Um, but mm-hmm. that's that's essentially what's going on uh, with, with Sasha at the moment. Mm-hmm. And with the way they, they were treating it on Raw, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they somehow turned this into an angle. Like, they Because Graves is is alluding to it on commentary. Yes, yes, and Renee. I mean, Graves is doing it from a more heel perspective. Like, you know, she she took her, like, the, the exact phrase was what? She took her, she lost the ball and she quit the game or something like that? Yeah, I think so, that was the, the line. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I'm sure they will continue with it. Maybe we're going to see, you know... Uh, uh, maybe they're going to use this to build up to a return, but I, I think I'm with you. Um, I'd see it more as if anything, maybe if legitimate or non-legitimate, maybe just uh, some, some type of more of a public call for um, maybe, I don't know, change than any serious implication. But I, I mean, anything, anything can happen, I suppose. 
Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things. But they are, you know, internally, like they are they are hopeful that she's going to be back and uh, are hoping that she'll be on that next pay per view. Uh, Luke Harper put out a statement on Tuesday night indicating, well, flat out stating he has requested his release from WWE. And this is very much like the Ty Dillinger situation where he has announced he has requested his release, but has not stated that he was granted his release. And I have reached out to WWE. They have not responded yet about what his status is with the company, but it's very much taken from the Ty Dillinger playbook. He publicly, this was not him just quietly asking for his release and hoping they would grant it. He's kind of putting it out there publicly and hoping that they, they give into his request like they did with Ty Dillinger. So I think that's kind of an interesting strategy to see if it yields the same results that Ty Dillinger received. I feel like, you know, in a case like his, um, you know, seeing what happened with Dillinger, seeing what happened with the Tommy, I think he's certainly, you know, bracing, maybe even truly hoping for his, his release, either that or the or hoping that the company finally does something with him. It's, I think, a, a play that, you know, where he really has nothing to lose because I'm sure he would rather be out of the company at this point. Um, and I don't see this one as, as just a cry for, you know, uh, a push. I see him actually wanting to to be out there. Um, but, you know, he really has nothing to lose from, from publicly stating this. So we will await uh, any word on, on what his status is with the company, but he just put that statement out. And then the last one was Alexander Wolf, who uh, during SmackDown actually put out his own statement, essentially uh, talking about uh, his run with Sanity and thanking the SmackDown locker room and ended it by saying, it's time to leave this behind and walk a different path. And just before we started this show, uh, Ryan Satin at Pro Wrestling Sheet, uh, he did hear from people at WWE that stated Alexander Wolf remains under contract. And Satin reported that the wrestler would be moving to NXT uh, rather than leaving the company. And uh, during SmackDown, I was also inquiring about this. And I heard something very similar to this, that it seemed that... At one point, the discussion was Wolf and Killian Dane going to NXT. I've also heard the possibility that uh, Wolf could end up in NXT UK and Killian Dane could be going to NXT and that it seemed like things were not 100% clear on where they would be going. Um, so that's kind of where things are going. But it doesn't sound like it's a case where uh, Wolf is leaving the company. It's just a matter of... Uh, what brand he's going to be going to, whether it's NXT or NXT UK. It was slightly vague with the way it was worded. And I, I'm sure, you know, maybe some of it was by design on the part of Alexander Wolf. But I think uh, without a doubt, it, it's the end of sanity. They're breaking up. Um, Eric just, Young's on on Raw. Yep. Just remains to be seen where everybody else goes. Yeah. So that is your that is your superstar shakeup. Yeah. Behind the scenes edition. Thus far, I mean, who knows by the time this show comes out, what's going to happen. And I, while we're on the uh, the news front here, uh, we can just uh, wrap that portion up by talking about the, the number for Raw on Monday night, the Superstar Shakeup. Uh, I thought extremely disappointing. This did 2,665,000 viewers. Um, this was, uh, if you look at the five episodes of Raw going into WrestleMania, this was below what those five shows averaged. It was down 26% from the Raw shakeup last year. And that's when Raw last year was going up a more watched uh, NBA playoff game than they were facing this past 
Monday night. So, I mean, the the shakeup meant nothing for ratings. It was just another number for Raw. Like, this would just be an average, just an average edition of Raw. I think that the interest level going in was obviously not there for the shakeup, and it continues this trend of Raw being down, you know, a quarter of their audience year over year. It's, like, alarming drops. Kind of really tells you, like, there's... I don't know what they can really do to make up for that difference. You know, that 25, 26% drop uh, year over year. Um, I, I I just, maybe you're talking about an audience that has, you know, kind of been through this year over year and realizing that, hey, we're not really going to miss much anyway. Or maybe we have alternate means of catching up with these wrestling shows better than we we would, you know, having spend, spending uh, three hours would, would give to us. Um, it tells me that these people are just gone. Or at least they're not consuming professional wrestling or WWE Raw the same way they were last year. How did you feel, before we get into all of the stuff on SmackDown, how did you feel about the presentation of the, the shakeup? Do you think that things can be adjusted for the next time they do this a year from now? What did you think of the actual presentation and build up to this? I thought it was just a very standard edition of Raw. Honestly, it did not feel all that special. Even though going into it, I think I had high hopes that it would feel like, you know, a special edition. I feel like, you know, the last time it, it did feel um, very unique of an episode was when they actually did the brand split. You remember they had like, you know, cameras backstage where nobody knew where they were going. They had cameras even at the Performance Center capturing some re- very real emotion to call-ups from Finn Balor and Nia Jax when they were announced to, to be jumping brands. I much prefer that type of feel, you know, more of like a draft, like a sports draft feel um, than I think just simply making all these announcements and entrances part of storyline. But whether or not that would make a difference to the ratings, I don't really know, John, because um, at this point, like, you know, seeing the rating for the go-home WrestleMania, uh, rating for a show like this, which, you know, the, the average viewer probably wouldn't necessarily know what the show would look like before the show actually went on. Um, I don't know if any type of presentation would, would, you know, make up for that loss. I I do feel that the, the talent going back and forth, um, I think hurt this year's shakeup because it didn't feel special that, you know, this performer that's so ingrained on one brand, just seeing them on the other brand. I I don't think that that specialness is there. Um, You know, like Roman Mm. Reigns showing up on SmackDown tonight. I mean, it was, a fine payoff at the end of the show, but it just, um, I, I think that they've really just muddied the waters and it doesn't allow you to do even a one week hot shot of what this, this, uh, draft typically is every year. Like regardless of where interest in it is, it spikes the number and it didn't have that effect uh, this year, at least for raw. We will find out if there's a similar pattern on SmackDown. Um, I, I think that there's certainly, an approach that you can do that that's different, that treats it a bit more seriously and ups the stakes a bit more. And maybe there's a bit more of a sports feel to it, like you mentioned, but you're right. I don't know if it would necessarily mitigate that level of drop that we're seeing at at a time when typically viewership is very high going into WrestleMania. And this year they they lost a lot of that audience from 2018. So you're right. They may not even have a bandaid solution um, at the moment. And I don't even know what their reaction is. If it's it's kind mm-hmm. of a it's kind of a defeatist attitude to just simply throw your hands in the air and say, "Well, that's not uh, that's just uh, cord cutters." I don't I don't feel yeah. that that's a, enough of an excuse to cover something so big. And we're talking about a quarter 
drop. This is huge. Yeah. Like there, I remember when you'd see, you know, I I would write about ratings and stuff and compare, and it's it's down ten percent, it's down eleven percent, which is still a notable number. And I would get all these people that would come up with their different theories, their excuses, what why it could be down. Some legitimate, some I think a bit of a stretch. This time around, like this season, when I'm writing about this, I'm not hearing from anybody that is, you know, citing, you know, the YouTube segments or competition. It's like these are enormous drops that there's mm-hmm. only so much you can attribute to other competition on television or other means to watch the show. I mean, well, they have never seen uh, I mean, this dramatic of a decrease. Well, simply simply look at other sports. Are you seeing the same level of, of, of decrease year over year for something like the NFL? No, uh, no, NFL was so, up this year. Yeah, so, you know, I guess my question is, you know, if these people are not tuning into WWE, uh, are they moving on to other professional wrestling, um, you know, I guess, uh, companies and promotions? Um, it, does it somehow correlate to maybe increased numbers for Ring of Honor or, or uh, New Japan? Maybe not so much Ring of Honor, but I'm trying to think what else. Or are these people simply leaving professional wrestling? Yeah, it's a great question. I think this is definitely something to monitor as they, you know, they're about to enter this this new deal with USA. And while that is not, um, I don't think USA Network, they are going to have, it's still their highest, most viewed uh, cable program with Raw. But this is a time when you want to be building your popularity for the move over to Fox, where I don't yeah. think you're going to have that kind of uh, cushion be- behind it. It's if... If SmackDown is not able to grow, um, that that could be a very quick experiment on Fox on Friday nights. Certainly, yeah. And I guess uh, this was really like the first day of, of what I would consider to be the the new SmackDown heading towards the Fox era, uh, laying the groundwork with with the current roster that that I'm sure uh, uh, much of which will will be on that f- first Fox show. So, um, let's talk about it. So Tuesday night, Bell Center in Montreal. Yeah, they recapped the moves to Raw, and Kevin Owens started the show. This place went insane. He comes out, a uh, tribute to Shawn Michaels' fashion at WrestleMania with a t-shirt and blue tie with a blazer. So what did you think of this look on him? I know you hated it on Shawn. You went on a rant when uh, it was on Shawn. I mean, with Kevin Owens, I feel like it's very much a... Um, I can't say Sean's was not a deliberate uh, tactic, but it was uh, – I, I I did not mind Owens as much as Shawn Michaels, but I do detest this look, even for uh, this particular segment, that it is designed – that the Kevin Owens character is kind of this guy who is the least formal-looking um, talent. It's the look that you put on to suggest that you're being forced to wear a tie because you know you're the host of a show or something. But because you're a man of the people, you don't really want to wear the tie. So uh, he's an everyman. An everyman, yes. Though I've never seen a person on the street wearing this particular attire. So I don't know how much it resonates with the everyman. But I guess that was the attempt. Yes, somebody who doesn't really know how to dress. Like most most people, I suppose, watching this show. The crowd is going crazy. They're chanting, we, we, we at him. And he welcomes him to the Kevin Owens show in French and then cut a promo in French, which uh, translated by the great Pat LaProd to uh, thanking everyone here. He said his family is in the crowd and this is my WrestleMania being mm-hmm. here at the Bell Center on SmackDown. 
Yeah, as we learn, you know, I think on this episode, the most endearing thing you can do for uh, uh, when you're wrestling in front of an audience that doesn't speak the typical language that uh, the show is broadcast in is just to speak the language, uh, or at least a little bit of it. And to be a heel, just, I guess, I don't know, make fun of the language, I suppose. But the most baby face thing you could do in Montreal, speak French to a Montreal crowd. So this was just an enormous reaction. Uh, I heard from one person who was at both Raw and SmackDown and said this was this was not only louder than Sami Zayn. Uh, he's been to a ton of big Montreal Canadiens uh, moments uh, in that arena, and this was louder than than those. I think it makes sense to me. I mean, first of all, this was an encouraged reaction to a babyface that you know was built upon, and maybe there's just been like a real like craving. For you know a hometown um, Quebecois star in in a, on a Quebec show, I mean, it feels like it's been a while since we've had one of these moments. If you are, you know, the audience in Quebec, I mean, if you are one of their own on a worldwide stage, I mean, you are a a prominent figure in, in that in that province, and it's it is just unbelievable uh, where the popularity of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And it's not just loud reactions they get. Like we saw when the attendance figures came out a year ago when they did back-to-back nights at the Bell Center. And like they did tremendous business. And just seeing the amount of media uh, requests that these two get in in that market, I totally believe that these two are needle movers in, in Montreal. Yeah, I think so too. So he then introduces... Kofi Kingston, uh, who he says uh, he uh, very much respects. And Kofi comes out with Xavier Woods, and they bring up the injury to Big E. And Owens welcomes them to Montreal. No one is ever going to forget what Kingston did at WrestleMania. And Owens congratulates him. And they give Kofi a standing ovation at Owens' request. They're chanting, you deserve it. And then Woods informs everyone about Big E's injury. And then laments that Raw took 80% of the up, up, down, down roster. And he's going to lose his mind if Tyler Breeze does not come over in the draft. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's what? Um, AJ's gone. Um, I believe Samoa uh, Joe. Uh, well, hey, do we, do you have an update on Joe? No, um, I don't have an update on Joe. But uh, Dave Meltzer had reported that he was scheduled to be on Raw Monday night, which would indicate he was being moved to Raw. Uh, but he was so under the weather that they held him off the show on Monday. So I don't know if they're going to. I, I was told that there are other roster moves that they're going to put on the website uh, this week or on social media. So there are going to be more moves, it sounds like. Um, but that was like kind of lower end guys. I don't know if Joe would figure in there. I was assuming that Joe and his situation would be addressed tonight, but it never came up. Well, Joe, would certainly makes sense with uh, Finn Balor's move to yeah. uh, as the IC champ. So I think, you know, he's up, up, down, down, has lost uh, that guy. He's, they, he's lost the Usos. He's he's losing uh, a bunch of other prominent people on the show. So I, I feel for Xavier. AJ was part of that mix, wasn't he? Yes, yes. Okay. All the video so, game nerds. Well, do you think they'll move Tyler Breeze on the website? Um... Breeze tweeted something kind of ominous on on his own, too. So, I mean, sure, I could see that happening. I had no idea until this promo that Tyler Breeze was on Raw. Yeah, you wouldn't really know it, would you? The New Day are set to face Rusev and Nakamura tonight, 
and Owens suggest a trios match with the big O, Kevin Owens, a nod to uh, Olympic Stadium in Montreal. How appropriate. Yeah, I think this is a nickname that's going to stick with this guy. It's great for him. The big O. And wants to join the New Day tonight. And they go over the the different areas that he needs to be proficient in, such as cereal eating, pancake tossing, and groinal movement. And Owen starts swiveling his hips as this place goes nuts. Kofi asks if the people believe he should be an honorary New Day member tonight. They all go nuts. He puts on a undersized shirt of theirs and the unicorn horn. They all hug. And, man, Kevin Owens just completely committed to this. And I'll say the second this segment was over... I thought throughout all night, I was like, my God, they're going to turn this guy heel in Montreal. That is where I thought this whole thing was going from the moment the segment ended in the beginning of the show. I think because we've we've typically seen Owens as a heel for so much of his career, you always feel like he's a, like on the cusp, on the verge of turning heel at any second. Um, like, that's how I felt the entire time that he came back. It's, he just like, he just looks like, you know, an asshole who's like hiding something. But I feel like they are, I mean, they've gone this long with it now. I, I, unless it's with a good opponent and a good pairing and a good reason, I, I, I see them committing to the babyface thing for a while now. And he, he was great at it. I thought this was a great segment. And automatically, it was better than anything I saw the night prior on Raw. Um, for the first time since he returned, Kevin Owens felt like the biggest star on the show here. And I thought they paired his hometown star power wonderfully with Kofi's, you know, more international um, you know, on a global scale, star power. And I thought they, they made great use of, of everyone's comedic timing in this segment. I thought it resulted in a great segment that really helped everybody involved. Yeah, and by the end of the show, I was really glad that they didn't do that because um, I think it's so much more... Like, these guys, they had a great chemistry tonight, and it will be so much more impactful. If you are going to do the turn... Do it in a month, like at least, you know what I mean? Like build up this uh, this friendship so it means something rather than do an hour and a half of these three getting along together where it's it's just like a – you do it all in one night. Sure. I, I mean I think – I feel like they will leave it delayed even further than that. I can see Owens like trying to be a babyface for, for quite a while longer. Just – I feel like he could always go back to being a heel and – more importantly, you know, as a babyface, it opens up a lot more fresh matchups for him. And, uh, you know, he, let's say he does the match with Kofi. Where does Owens go back to next? Well, here's the big question as well. There was no Daniel Bryan on this show. So we don't know what he's dealing with at the moment. There had been a report from Dave Meltzer that he was dealing with an injury, but we don't know what the extent of it is. And when you're looking at SmackDown, I mean, on the babyface side, we've got. Kofi Kingston, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, and on the heel side, like it's way thin, especially if you're taking Daniel Bryan out of the mix. It's Elias, Lars Sullivan, Samoa Joe, if he's sticking on SmackDown. No, I think Joe would probably be gone, but Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Yeah, Randy Orton could end up um, sliding into that role. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it does feel a, a little bit thin, but they're they're always just, you know, able to... I'm trying to think who else. Is that really it on the heel side of things? Of the top heels? Yeah. I mean, then you're getting into, like, Cesaro and Sheamus level. Huh. Okay. I feel like they're... Like, Bray, I could see making the jump. 
the SmackDown. That's true. He's not assigned to a brand yet, so he yeah. should, in theory, be a pretty pushed heel once he comes back. Uh, so, <laughs> we'll see. God. And as we learned with Lars Sullivan, you can change your mind, too. What do you mean? Oh, like going to which brand? Yeah, because you and I finished the show last night, and then on the website, WWE clarified that Lars Sullivan, Ricochet, Aleister Black, and for whatever reason, EC3 are all part of Raw. Like, they clearly put that down on the website, and then tonight, they switched their mind about Lars Sullivan, and he be- and he was now on SmackDown. So, obviously, there was a story there. Um, perhaps as simple as, like, after last night's show, I was assuming maybe they're just going to move Braun Strowman to SmackDown. They did not do that, and maybe the idea was, let's put Lars on SmackDown, and we're going to keep Braun on Raw. Maybe that was the thinking. I think that's a wise decision. I think, you know... It feels as though typically SmackDown's roster, you're you're dealing with maybe like a a smaller. Uh, actually, that's not even so true anymore with with the way things have like turned changed. But I think Lars, I think SmackDown traditionally is a better kind of like growing area. It's a great way to transition from NXT before what feels like a bigger stage on Raw. So I think it's ultimately better for Lars. Um, but I, I mean, with Fox. Uh, like SmackDown kind of essentially becomes the bigger stage. So uh, we'll see how he develops before September. I am not convinced that this is the set roster for Fox. I believe when the day comes that they're going on Fox, there is going to be all hands on deck, regardless of being on raw or SmackDown. Could be. Uh, After this opening segment, Rusev and Nakamura were laughing backstage. Cesaro walked in and offered to join them because of course, there are three of them and two of you. So, so we got some sim- simple math. Where's Seamus? Seamus disappeared. No ex- uh, no explanation. No, he did not post any statement. Now, was he even there? I I have no idea. Yeah. It almost hints at them being broken up. Like, they you know. could. I mean, maybe, as I said, like there's expected to be some more moves on the website. Uh, you could do that with Seamus, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I find the lack of explanation for, you know, where, where Seamus is on this episode to be somewhat uh, jarring. And, and it makes you wonder if... But that's that's weird, too. Why do that unannounced? To me, like, the Bar are a real established tag team. That, and if you're going to break them up, you should at least make an angle of it or at least make some mention of it. Um, strange. And Rusev, under his breath, referred to the team as the New Day and a Big Ogre. Which I like the fact that he played off of Big O and turned it into an insult. Did you really like that one? Big Ogre? Yeah. It was all right. I like these things. God. I just, I look at like Rusev and Nakamura and I just see two people that just... Oh, dude, they're looking at their watches right now. They don't give a shit anymore, especially Nakamura. He's just like, he's just there. There's just two bodies on this show. No gimmick, no personalities, no scripts even. Yeah, I I mean, with Nakamura, you've kind of seen him just settle into his role. And with Rusev, you've kind of seen him just realize where he's at and where he, where he should like have been. acceptance of like where he, he is. Where he should have been a year from now. You know, comparing that. Yeah, it's night and day. So then the segment ends and Finn Balor comes out, our first performer moving over to SmackDown uh, with the Intercontinental Championship. So 
Uh, do you like Finn Balor over on SmackDown? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Um, I, you know, it made me realize that, hey, like over the past couple of years, I feel like Finn's just kind of like been your lower mid-card, mid-mid-card or high mid-card act. And I, I've always wondered what it really was. And now I've realized, I think a big part of that reason is because he's been having these matches with like the same fucking people and like a Baron Corbin or like a, a Drew and like that mid-card mix that I think just sucks. So him being moved on to SmackDown completely freshens him up in my eyes. He gets to have matches with, you know, uh, uh, just, a, a, in my opinion, a stronger in-ring roster. The likes of Ali, the, lo- the likes of Kofi, Owen, Cesaro, Brian, if he comes back. So I think it's excellent for him. Yeah, I, I think that he has a lot of fresh matches and a lot more um, main event upside on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, although, in the pecking order... Um, he is still in the same position where he is going to be slotted behind Roman Reigns. So he does bring that over to Raw with both of them making the move. But I, yeah. I think that it is uh, – I, I like the move. It's and this was a r- really fun match with Ali. Definitely. I mean, that's certainly true. But look at who is the champion right now. It's Kofi Kingston, you know. Um, you know, I, again, it remains to be seen how Roman being on the show might affect the future of guys being like Kofi Kingston kind of being brought up to that that championship level. Um, but I, I would certainly give Finn a better chance on SmackDown than on Raw. Yeah, and I guess long term, it's what kind of role does Reigns find himself in while you're going with, with Kofi Kingston? Because, you know, there there may be a lot of momentum behind Kofi Kingston, but the number one guy is going to be Roman Reigns on this brand. Yeah, unless they change course. So Balor uh, starts the match. He isolates Ali's arm. Ali hit a suicide dive, went through the break. Uh, Balor came back after being hit with a bunch of chops and gets crotched on the top. Ali executes a top rope Hurricane Rana for a two count, goes for the 450, landing on his feet, and Balor hits the John Woo drop kick and the coup de grace, as, grace, uh, as Graves emphasizes uh, the pronunciation to Byron Saxton. And Balor wins in 10 minutes, 15 seconds. They shook hands. Graves said he wants to see a rematch, and I think most people agreed with that, except for Andrade, who uh, gave yeah. the confused emoji on Twitter afterwards Did after he? beating the Intercontinental Champion on Monday, and he's gone. Did he actually do that? He put, yeah, like the... Uh, God, the, like, all these guys are just, like, on Twitter, like, really kind of unafraid of, of like, calling out stupid writing, I would say. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was like, it was... Balor had two great television matches this week, and you know, after Monday, I was looking forward to a Balor Andrade program. I'm not upset he's gone to SmackDown, but you know, you tease something that makes no sense, John. No, no. At of the it. very least, uh, like the the silver lining would be if the IC title ends up back on Raw somehow, because they are doing that um, Shield special on Sunday, and they're promoting a Balor title defense. So I guess there is the chance you could do something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But that would require, I guess, Joe staying stay. on SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. Um, that made no sense to me, but whatever. Like, <laughs> there, there were a lot of things that did not make sense in this shakeup this year. Yeah. Anyway, um, I I like the match a lot. Again, I think Balor like fits in on with the the SmackDown roster better than Raw. He feels like an actual, you know, he doesn't feel as undersized as, as he does on Raw. Um, so I think it'll be excellent for him. I think Balor versus Brian will be a tremendous program that I'm already looking forward to. I'm hoping Balor with, with hope if he does get a push, 
I hope he gets to develop more of a personality, gets more of a chance to talk, because I feel like on Raw, that was a big thing that, that was missing from him, was just even promo time. I can't really tell you one memorable Finn Balor microphone appearance or promo that he's cut pretty much his entire like main roster career. Yeah, but I'm sure he will miss Bobby Lashley and Baron oh, Corbin. None of the triangle made their way over to SmackDown. Thank Even goodness. Lashley. I, I, I thought Lashley would be likely. Yeah, I, I would too. Well, who knows? It could all still be possible. All possible. The triangle. Is that what you're going to call him? That's what I went with. Nice. Well, which, which is worse in your view? Uh, that triangle or Shane McMahon's <laughs> inverted one? Um... Well, you can put them all together, make a square. Oh, God. The squares. Uh, yes, the squares. <laughs> no Shane on this show either for such a important show. Maybe he's gone. Isn't he? I guess he's not the... I guess it's all the McMahons running this thing, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. New Day is backstage. They're with Owens, and he has to go through an initiation to eat all the pancakes in a record time that Big E had previously set. So Owen starts eating the pancakes, but first he reveals he's never had a pancake in his life. This this floored me. Yeah, me too, actually. Like and that's not uh, that's not some criticism about Kevin Owens uh, that I'm making. I'm saying anyone in this world to have not tried a pancake, yeah, is crazy to me. Wouldn't he have gone to Cora's at some point in Montreal? Yeah, I think Corey Graves made a joke about a crepe, maybe that he has had, but. Those aren't pancakes. I mean, I, I've said it before. I've I've never had cereal in my life, so maybe I'm just as strange. That is, yeah, I still can't believe that. Yeah, so you never had ca- between a me and Kevin Owens, we would not be candidates for the new day. No, you wouldn't. You never had a cavity nor cereal, and maybe somehow those two maybe there's work. a correlation there. Way, yeah, yeah, of course. So, take my my dental uh, advice. So you know, like, I, I, let me ask you, John, because um. This whole Kofi Kingston uh, championship run, we at least like we've had conversations about whether or not we want to like see the the pancake comedy stuff continue. Clearly, they're continuing with it. He he was out here WWE champion belt with the belt and everything, throwing pancakes to the crowd. Um, and I have to say, like I don't think it holds him back at all. Like it does not feel like it it affects his how serious I take him as an in ring competitor, and still continues to endear him with this audience. Yeah, he's he's been over both weeks. Um, I think what's if there's any kind of negative on these two weeks, it's that I don't think people know what his direction is because they might not know his direction. I think everyone was expecting just the rematch program with Daniel Bryan, and I think people are just figuring out what's going to be the next step um, for Kofi Kingston at the moment, and that's ultimately going to be the test. Like the, as we've talked about with Becky Lynch, the the journey to the title and the big win, that's kind of the momentum is building. Once you have the title, that's also another big hurdle you have to clear is now being in that role and being accepted as the champion. And I, I don't think we're going to have a really clear view on that until his next program really takes form and you and you see him in that light as well. But, I mean, I think it's really too early to judge if um, oh, yeah. he's ultimately going to take. Because, you know, it's it's a big... It's a big leap for Kofi Kingston to go from where he was two months ago to where he is now as one of the brand's champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I mean, we're not even really, in my opinion, in week one yet of of what what his championship reign is. It's, this to me just felt like another transitional show 
I really like Randy Orton, that option. Like, they have the history You're together. Right. Yeah. They've had very good chemistry mm-hmm. together. Um, and it'd be a strong first win for Kofi. And a solid heel for him to be paired with. So mm-hmm. I, I like that a lot. If if it's not Daniel Bryan immediately, uh, Randy Orton is a great next option. I love it too. So let's just make it happen. Uh, R-Truth and Carmella came out and they danced for about uh, a year before their segment began. We got another puppet promo from Bray. And then we go back. Owens is finishing the pancakes. He looks like he's about to vomit, but he doesn't. Again, I thought they are going to go so over the top with this guy on this show that we're getting some intense, heated angle at the end. And that's what I was prepared for all show long. They didn't do it, though. This was just him, him trying to be a good guy. Yeah. I mean, he could have barfed in the main event. That would have been, ah, yeah, that's great. Damn. But no, no vomit. Carmella's in the ring, awaiting her opponent, Charlotte Flair. They reminded us that Carmella cashed in her money in the bank to beat Charlotte Flair last year for the title, and they played off of it with Carmella super kicking her, and this time Charlotte kicked out. Charlotte also yelled at the crowd, I hate Canada. I hate Canada. Uh, It's pretty to the point. Pretty simple. uh, Man, did I feel so out of place here when they brawled to the floor, and there's the women's Battle Royal trophy. And it took me a minute to... I'm just asking myself, like, why is that trophy there? Carmella won the Battle Royal. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I did not remember this immediately I mean, I I thought that was... That was out of my memory the second that match ended. Well, I mean, I had a bit more intrigue in this match knowing that, hey, they gave that Battle Royal to Carmella. Could they possibly be giving her a win over Charlotte? And would this actually mean a push for the Battle Royal winner? You know what I was thinking was, how can they get this trophy across the border and you can't get a piece of candy the other way? Um, you can't eat this trophy. Are you sure? Might be made of uh, I'm not sure milk chocolate or something. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Dragon screw leg whip to Carmella. She was selling her left knee. Charlotte chop blocked the knee as she was coming back in. Applied the figure eight. And she defeated Carmella. So just kind of a uh, bounce back win for Charlotte in her first televised appearance since WrestleMania. And I guess it's going to be an interesting act that you've got to play where it seems they they didn't want to associate Becky and Charlotte with each other at all on this show. But as long as Becky's appearing, that's very hard to do, keeping these two apart, which I would Uh, want them to after that big program. I I get the sense that they're just done with it because if you, you know, we're going to talk about Becky's appearance but Becky made no reference to beating Charlotte it was her proclaiming that she beat the self whatever the self-proclaimed baddest woman on the planet making no reference to the victory over Charlotte so it looks to me like they're done with the program there was one mention in the Charlotte match with Carmella where they did mention that Charlotte did not take the fall in the match but that was the only reference to it and I don't think they want to be pushing you to want that match right now because that's something you can go to. I mean, in theory, you could wait and do that at WrestleMania next year. I do not think that they will be able to keep them apart that long. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Something tells me that they might not meet each other for a bit. And I also get the sense, you know, just from seeing how the SmackDown roster has, has fleshed out that whenever Becky does drop the belt, she'll probably be a raw person final, um, permanently. 
But can we get back to this match? I, like I said, I was expecting, I mean, I wasn't expecting that much from Carmella, like in, in the way of a push, but I expected something maybe a, a bit more than what we got here. Like she won that battle royal. At the very least, I would say, you know, maybe some type of disputed finish, something leading to like nothing to carry on that momentum that, that she had, but, but nothing. She just like, she, she lost this match to Charlotte clean. And she's back down to the bottom rung of this entire division. So, again, you ask, why give Carmella that battle royal win at all when you could have given it to somebody that you actually intended to push? Um, somebody like Kyrie Sane or somebody in real need. Lacey Evans. I mean, if they sure. are going this direction, yeah. that to me made a lot more sense. Like, there was the battle royal win. You had Carmella got all that mileage last year about beating Charlotte twice. And this was just nothing. This was nothing. nothing at all. And again, totally trivialized a battle royal that meant nothing to begin with and amazingly meant less after. Okay, without checking, can you tell me who won the men's battle royal right now? Ten seconds. This year? Yes. Jesus. Eight, seven, six. It was Braun. It was Braun who won. Okay. I, I really needed to struggle though to figure that. See, out. I couldn't have. I could. He doesn't even bring the trophy out. He hasn't brought it out. Has oh, he? Oh man, since? I'm disappointed. Those things mean nothing when I feel like you can use that time to actually build value for a lot of people. Um, and make them important. Give them some stipulation. Yeah. What? A, yeah. Anyway, I would have liked if Charlotte just took the trophy, and that's her thing. She just proclaims herself the, the winner. I mean, at least put it on someone oh, you're pushing. Nobody wants that thing. Imagine carrying that thing around all the time. So Carmella is hurt in the corner. R-Truth is tending to her. And Lars Sullivan comes out. And everyone's confused because he was announced on Raw. And he comes in. Truth tries to hit a flying forearm. And Sullivan just stands there. And it has no effect on him. He catches Truth. Hits the freak accident. Eyes Carmella in the corner who rolls out in fear. And then hits the running powerbomb to R-Truth laying him out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so this means that no program... Rey Mysterio does not get any retribution on his programs. Oh. Joe, Lars... Although, like, I mean, when they played that highlight package from with Lars beating up everybody, I, I understood, like, I think he's just a guy who beats everybody. And people are just supposed to accept it and <laughs> have no way of, of getting any type of revenge it's you know they're in a mode now where everybody is jumping to Lars everybody had or at least they deemed you know to be um not that important I suppose has to job to Lars including the Hardys who just looked like idiots at the uh, later on here um yeah he beat us up but we still have these we're doing our selfie promo we're on selfie promo duty yeah but, uh, you know, yeah. I, I wonder what this decision ultimately came down to. And it may have been as simple as looking at the heel side. And, like, I, I really am curious what um, what's up with Daniel Bryan. If, because if it's something, if he's out for a bit, you're really low on heels. And that might have, you know, forced them to go further with Lars Sullivan than they may have wanted to out of the box. And he could be in a really prominent position immediately on SmackDown. That's a good point. Yeah, because, I mean, if the alternative was putting Braun. I think like we're, most of us are in agreement that, you know, Braun and Lars are perhaps a little too similar to be on the same brain. So if it wasn't going to be Lars and Braun, do you really need an, another giant baby face 
you know, when uh, having Yeah, Lars- they need heels on this show. Right. They certainly don't need – like, Braun would have been too many baby faces on this show. So I don't think they made the wrong decision there. Yeah. Then at the top of the hour, Becky Lynch came out, and she said that she said what she – she did what she said she would do, beating Ronda Rousey to become the double champion. They chanted Becky two belts at her and says her job is to run through Lacey Evans, and these titles are her passports to beat up anyone on either brand. You should never tell the customs agent that that is your intended purpose for crossing this border. (laughs) I've got to knock a dope's head off. Mm. On your land. So Becky is then interrupted by the Sheenom. Way's favorite nickname. No, my, my favorite name, nickname is still the Dreadlock Dynamo. And I don't know if you've ever watched like the uh, Scott Stanford um, on the WWE experience that airs before, like on Canada on, on SmackDown. I, I watch it every single time, but I've never paid attention to oh, it. Oh, dude. Like if you think that these. Uh, uh, nicknames are only reserved for like dot com articles. You're wrong because like, he says everything. And like I, I just had this on yesterday, and like one of the sentences he had was ridiculous. Like, f- like it, only using these nicknames. Um, the Swiss Superman takes on the Dreadlock Dynamo. Uh, while uh, the um Scottish psychopath looks on, like. <laughs> Just outrageous. And, and to hear this man like actually read it out loud was crazy, but amusing. <laughs> I like Scott Stanford too. I think he's very funny. But yeah, it's he's just, funny. It, is he like, the, is he supposed to be funny though? Cause like these, like these just, come I, I mean, across, outside of these event center. Oh, deals. but they come across as like just the most insincere, like typical presenter types of things, you know? But anyway, she, he does a great job if that's what they're going for. So Ember Moon comes out and she walks up to Becky and says she's out here to make a name for herself and is stepping up to the woman that beat Ronda Rousey. And before she can make her official challenge, Bailey comes out and she got a pretty cold reception from this Montreal crowd. And I was trying to figure out why. Do you think it was because this was the acknowledgement? Like she made it clear. She came out and... They mention her being a former tag champion with Sasha Banks, but she is here to be a singles competitor. Uh, do you think that they were reacting because of the breakup of the team, or no. what was your theory? I here? have because I, I have, this. I, I did not know this. Totally threw me off, and I feel like it must have thrown everybody off, including Bailey too, because I have zero explanation for this. Like by all accounts, she she is a universally well liked baby face. I've never seen her get booed, especially getting booed for doing nothing, but. Do you think that they were disappointed that Sasha wasn't with her? I don't think like they maybe would Maybe they react. thought Sasha was going to be here for some reason. But I don't think they would react in the form of booing. Nor do I feel like Sasha is a big enough star to re- like elicit this type of reaction in Montreal. I personally don't have an explanation. Um, but maybe somebody who's there can explain. Here's the other thing. And this is... Maybe I'm being too critical here. But again, this goes to my thing that... On Raw, you can draft the Usos. Why could SmackDown not draft Bailey and Sasha together? Like, if it, it just uh, imagining this is real. Well, Sasha's gone. Like, she's un- ineligible for drafting right now. But she, that's not explained on the show, is it? Well, they explain that she's been absent. You know, she 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 lost her ball and quit the game. 
all right, maybe that's not the best example, but they've also added more names. They've already started announcing the names on the website. Oh, okay. So here's our latest, okay? Mickey James is going to SmackDown. Apollo Crews is going to SmackDown. Oh, man. Liv Morgan. First of all, it sucks for all these people to not even get announced, but okay. Liv Morgan. So the Riot Squad is being separated. Really? Wow. I'm surprised they would do that. And Chad Gable. Okay, great. Awesome. I'm happy about so again, that again, why can you draft Chad Gable and not Bobby Roode as well? Again, because maybe you don't like that team. Maybe like Shane just doesn't <laughs> think that thinks that team sucks. Like I think that team sucks. So they're breaking them up. All I'm saying is that if, if I was putting together a wrestling show, I would want... I would want someone that is not even one of my writers or I would want just a regular consumer to go through this script. And what are the questions you have as a fan? Because I want to make sure you have as few questions as possible because I don't want you asking questions that we can't answer. And I think this draft, it it elicits a lot of these just basic questions. I think that I think if you had something cohesive, I think people would take this more seriously. No doubt, John. Like this is why this show exists, right? We just like there's just like an endless supply of like plot holes and things to like bring up all the time. And that's probably why they hired or they're looking for a new continuity script editor or whatever. But it's it's one thing that to, dude's going to be gone in a week. It's one thing to be able to kind of like, you know, point these things out after the fact. But imagine having to put this show together like the afternoon of with a bunch of changes, having to keep up with all this stuff. I don't envy anybody in that position. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm by no means uh, casting uh, dispersions here because I understand how absolutely insane this job must be uh, to put all this together. And you're dealing with outside factors that are beyond your control. Um, but I, I think a lot of times, uh, I think they really underestimate how much just your announcers are your tools to just weaving all of this together and and making it all kind of cohesive and filling in holes, like just stating like, hey, Bailey and Sasha have come to an agreement that they're going their their separate ways and therefore Bailey was available as a as a singles competitor. Like I, I just go to a bigger thing of like, how does this even work within this world? Like, do these performers just fall out of the sky and they're on SmackDown? Are they actually drafted? Because Vince McMahon was furious when Roman Reigns came out, and he was shocked by this. Like, how did Roman Reigns get here? Did he voluntarily leave Raw? Right. Was he recruited by SmackDown? How did this man get here? Why I, is he here? I, it's, it's Why a, is Vince upset that he's here? It's a very fair question, you know, and, and I think to not explain it, is some, it's definitely insulting to perhaps, uh, you know, the, the audience. Um, there's so much of their writing is just set, set upon like that initial reaction from a live audience and not, not enough based on logic. Um, and I guess you can argue about the merits of that, but maybe it seems like for, for our tastes, we prefer something that actually makes sense. Uh, any more names to announce? They also had, oh, sorry. They, they also had that format before. Like we've seen like them go to the podium and announce like they're picking and they also did the randomizer where, Mm -hmm. Okay. We can understand why you're drafting Hornswoggle. It might not be your first choice, but that's it's a random draw. And okay, that explains how you get all these weird movements uh, back and forth. But now it's like this weird, like it's it doesn't subscribe to either of those. It's not a strategy. It's not random. It's somewhere <laughs> think, in between. I think the randomizer would be a great excuse for why we get names like the Viking experience. 
Like I think the randomizer should just have a checkbox that like makes you like puts rent puts random words together to give you a new name like Evar and Eric. I think that would go a long way. <laughs> that would have been great if they, they had a graphic come up and just all these various words came up and it landed on those. Yeah, Viking and experience. like a wheel of fortune thing to yeah. find out their name at the end of the match. Um, okay, so, so getting back, it's it's Liv Morgan, Chad Gable, Apollo Cruz, and Mickey James going to SmackDown. I'm surprised at Liv Morgan just because you know I feel like the Riot Squad. Um, I mean, they promote them as like the clo- most closely knit group in, in in all of the company, and it makes me wonder what the re- the other two are going to end up as because a tag team with just uh, Ruby Riot and Sarah Sarah Logan doesn't feel as uh, complete. And Liv Morgan on her own. I mean, she's Liv Morgan on her own is not good. Yeah, I wouldn't have pegged her as as the one to 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 lift out of that group. If anything, I would have taken Ruby out and and put Sarah Sarah Logan and, and Liv Morgan on their own. So maybe it tells you that they have some plans for her as a single star. Um, but I mean, look, like SmackDown is pretty deep right now in terms of like in ring for the women's roster. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they have planned. And Apollo Cruz. Well. Sky's the limit. <laughs> Truly, man. I mean, didn't he start off on SmackDown? Oh yeah, he's pop. He was called up initially to SmackDown. He started. He's just gone. Like, yeah. wasn't he SmackDown? He really achieved nothing. Raw, the two years or year he's been on, achieved nothing either. So, at this point, I he, he was called up before the brand split. Then he ended up on SmackDown. I only remember this because he was on Talking Smack yes. at one point yes. and was called Apollo Creed by. Daniel Bryan or someone as well on TV once. So I know he was on SmackDown. Yeah. Somewhere in all this, he went to Raw, and now he's back on SmackDown. His entire run on Raw has been completely... Uh, I guess he's had some like interesting matches here and there, but like but most of the... Like the, the thing I still remember most about Apollo Cruz's run on, on, on the main roster was that appearance on Talking Smack, where we actually got a sense of what his true personality is. But I'm just saying, like since then, I don't think he's really achieved that much of, 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 of any substance. So, oh, man... I can only like be so positive about what a new shift to a different roster will do for this guy until we actually see it. So Bailey is booed again, emphasizes that she's a singles competitor now on SmackDown and uh, with the women in the ring, they're interrupted by the Iconics who laughed about taking Bailey's tag titles from her and Sasha at WrestleMania. And she doesn't have Naomi like she did last night. So there you go, Way Your glow and hug connection. RIP one night. Another thing that didn't make sense from last night. Like, why are all these champions getting pinned by, by these new arrivals if, like, they're not building to matches? I mean, in fairness, in that one, I guess it was more so giving Naomi a win on her first you night. You could have done right, that with anybody. The tag but, champions. It yeah. didn't have to be the tag champions. You could have done it with anybody but Balor. You could have done that with anybody but the Iconics. Yep. That, no, that's a totally perfectly. They they could have beat someone else. Um, it it could have been Logan and Liv Morgan if you were breaking them up. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. And to me, it just screams of like a lack of foresight. But but again, like a lack of respect for your championships. So, uh, they said that their two titles are better than Becky's two titles, which is not true. And Paige was the next one to come out. And she's going to introduce her new team when out come Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. And the audience is thinking, oh, is this the team? And the announcers are saying, oh, we've seen this before. So they were already shitting on these two before they could even get to the ring. And 
They said that SmackDown has waited long enough for the reunion of Absolution. But Paige says okay, she is hold, not here. They were like trying to make a big deal about like this tease that, oh, it's Absolution that's reforming. I don't know if anybody other than you and I, John, even remembers Absolution. Okay, people maybe remember it, but nobody cares. So, I mean, I just, I thought this tease like got no reaction. Yeah, you could call them amnesia maybe. Um, Paige is not here to introduce them. She is here to introduce... She said two brand new revolutionary performers. Uh, the first being Asuka. I don't know if she's brand new. It might have been a mistake because she went on to say uh, new tag team or future tag team champions. So Asuka comes out and is followed by Kyrie Sane. Comes out to an enormous reaction. Uh, very big. And yeah, this is going to be the new team. Asuka and Kyrie Sane managed by Paige. Mm-hmm. I I think it's a good use of a page in this role. It's something I think you and I have been clamoring for for a while to use her as a manager for somebody like like Oscar, who clearly you know they don't have much confidence in pushing without like in any type of a speaking capacity. I think it's putting her in a tag team situation is a good way to make Oscar relevant again, and I think it's a good way to introduce Kyrie Sane. But from what I saw here on day one. You're certainly missing that element of chemistry that existed, you know, through your the years of friendship between Kyrie and Io, Io Shirai. Um, these three, at least um, in ring, actually, Kyrie and Asuka looked fantastic together. So, but I think it remains to be seen how, what Paige, how Paige is able to kind of like make it all fit with the three of them as as a pairing, and not just feel like you know she's an interpreter or a translator. The, uh. Pirate empresses. That's probably what they're going to go with. The- Paige sends them to the ring to attack. They go after the Iconics, and it breaks up into an eight-woman tag with the Iconics, DeVille, and Rose versus Bailey, Ember Moon, Asuka, and Kyrie Sane. Uh, Bailey tossed DeVille to the floor, dove out with a suicide dive, and then Moon hit a crossbody onto all four women. They had the heat on Bailey. She eventually got to her corner, tagging in Asuka, who fired up on Peyton Royce, hit her with a released German, head kick. Mandy makes the save. And then Royce slaps Kyrie Sane and gets hit with a spinning back fist from Asuka, an inverted DDT, and Sane gets to tag and pins Peyton Royce with the insane elbow at 8 minutes and 14 seconds. So either they're breaking this team up on the next show or they're going to be getting a women's tag title shot. We do not know. <laughs> Could be one or the other. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I really like the recent additions here uh, to the SmackDown women's roster. I mean, everybody on the baby fa- face side here between Asuka to uh, Kyrie, of course, to Bailey to Ember, I think they can all go. So you throw in Charlotte and for the mean- in the meantime, throwing in Becky in there too. The SmackDown women's division really feels pretty stacked in ring. Um, I thought this was a great showcase for Kyrie. I think, you know, her and Asuka, they were already like throwing in some like tag team sequences in there. So... I look forward to it all. Um, I have to say, though, I was really concerned about Bailey's reaction here. I, I again, I don't really have much of a explanation for why she was uh, booed uh, the way she was here in Montreal. Um, but even beyond that, she felt like a real afterthought in this segment. Yeah, and I think we'll see. I mean, Bailey is someone that she can certainly be a program that keeps Charlotte. Uh, busy on SmackDown if you're not going to be going with Charlotte in the title picture immediately. Um, 
I do look like Bailey and Sasha. They definitely had something there that I, I yeah. mean, ultimately we'll see because if Sasha comes back on raw, I mean, where, where do you see her fitting in there? Would it, do you feel that's um, at this it's point kind of open on raw that it could be a good opportunity or is she just going to be second fiddle because Becky and Lacey Evans is the primary direction. I kind of see more of that, you know, at least in the meantime, I think Sasha is always a name you can go to um, for an immediate challenger. Like they did with her and Rhonda without much buildup. Um, I, I mean, you know, who knows what the end result of all this kind of public posturing is going to be for Sasha. Will they, feel perhaps a lack of trust to to give her a prominent role after this i i don't really know i can't really speculate there um but if she stays on raw she remains one of the biggest names along with uh becky you know so i'm sure they'll do that program eventually i think a heel run for sasha paired with becky uh, could be great for both women yes um but, but yeah, that's I, but that's the best match you can make right now on raw yeah. so to how and, and- Beyond yeah. Becky, it's like there's not a ton of options. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a heel Alexa. Sasha against N- Natalia could work. Um, you know, there's some stuff you could do, but, you know, it's it's definitely the, there's a big uh, talent gap, I think, now between SmackDown and Raw and, and the women's side. Just the, the number of women. I know. Yeah, that's that too. Yeah, so, but I look forward to seeing what, like, SmackDown has to offer in terms of women's matches going forward because I think this roster looks great. Uh, then they showed us the graphic, which confirmed Lars Sullivan has moved to SmackDown. And then the Hardys, selfie promo. They are still feeling the effects of Lars Sullivan from last week. But then Matt says, do you remember what else we did last week, Jeff? And Jeff has to think about it for a minute. And then they raised their SmackDown tag titles. Mm. Oh, yeah, we won these. And they are the greatest team in space and time. Really is a tough to position to put these guys in. Like you show this highlight package of this, this guy beating them up, and then you just have to kind of like pretend it didn't bother you. Um, I I have to say I really like the highlight package for Sullivan. Um, I almost forgot about some of those, but when you see him beating up all these people in succession, I can almost excuse you know the lack of comeback from all everybody because they're giving Sullivan like the Brock Lesnar push from two thousand two and. It makes him feel like a big deal. Everybody's, you know, falling to him. And I think he has enough, like, physical charisma and, and energy to be able to pull pull it off pretty well. What do you see being Lars's first program? Like, real yeah. program? Yeah, so they're not going to Ray. Um, I feel like they'll have him just, like, do these squashes for a long time. Like, same thing with Strowman, you know. that, that It's kind of like their tried and true method to build these monsters. But for a real program, I could see, you know, uh, somebody like a Mustafa Ali, um, you know, who's kind of like, who can they feed to him, basically? Oh, man, I could, I don't, I don't like this option, but I could really see Finn Balor falling into that spot. Oh, that'd be such a waste. Because I think for the first time in a while, Balor feels fresh and, and I feel like, you got to get Balor to a certain level first before putting him with with somebody like Sullivan. There, to I me, mean, what what was the, you know, what was the playbook that they used for Braun Strowman last summer when they wanted someone to really get Braun over and take all those big bumps for him? It was Kevin Owens. 
Yeah, yeah. And I that's mean, what they saw in him. It's like, dude, you are just going to be uh, – you are going to play bumper cars with this dude all summer long. And they clearly <laughs> had faith in Kevin to make him look great. And I could see that happening too. He, he might reprise that role for Lars. Yeah, we'll see. But I think, you know, I think Finn Balor should be a pet project of SmackDown. And I, obviously Lars Sullivan is as well. So to me, those two are guys that you should be protecting. Then uh, New Day – and Owens are in the back, and Owens has to conjure up Big E to do the introduction. And this became Shane McMahon and Greg Hamilton, but the babyface version. And they kept cutting him off, and he had to redo it. Uh, I thought by the end, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't smooth. It wasn't Big E smooth. But I, I thought <laughs> that, good. man, he ripped his vocal cords to get this thing over. And I, I thought he was... Like, dude, Kevin Owens was, like, all in yeah. on all of the New Day stuff. I'm sure this was bringing him back to uh, PWG with the Young Bucks. It felt like like that type of thing, you know? So um, I thought I thought they were a great pairing. I wouldn't mind seeing them continue this for a bit. I thought he was going to come out in Big E's singlet. That'd be pretty funny. Then we have a tape promo with Buddy Murphy. Yeah. I am not making this up, okay? He says, I've been... I've been destroying guys for the last six months as the cruiserweight champion on 205 Live. You may not know me now, but you will. And he's calling himself the best kept secret. Boy, did this paint 205 Live as just purgatory. You may not know me because I've been the cruiserweight champion for the last six months. <laughs> and I know you don't tune into these kickoff shows. It's, it's absolutely true. But it's also reality, you know, like I, 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 I wonder how much of this audience watches 205. Like if you can tell me like, OK, listen, so we're on SmackDown or already experiencing a 25 percent drop in viewership. How much of that remaining audience are, are viewers of 205 Live on a regular basis? You and I don't watch 205 Live on a regular basis. So he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I just don't know if this would be. What I would be putting on my my own show when right. we are in theory promoting this this brand, and I don't know what it necessarily says for the talent left on Two Hundred Five Live. By the way, they did a, uh, a goodbye to Cedric on tonight's Two Hundred Five. Yes, he is off to Raw, and that was his big send off on Tuesday night show in Montreal. Uh, do you know what they did with him? Like what the match was? I believe it was uh, Oni Lorkin with. Uh, well. I don't want to spoil it for, for anybody, but one person's leaving. Well, we've just established no one has seen it, so you're not necessarily spoiling anything. Uh, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, and Kevin Owens took on Rusev, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro. Uh, Kingston was doing the foot stomp out of the corner to Nakamura. All this crowd wanted was Kevin Owens to be tagged in. They're yeah. chanting for him on the apron, and then they went nuts when he finally got tagged to do the unicorn stampede and a cannonball to Nakamura. Like, it was one person that they were invested in in this mm -hmm. match. It's true. Yeah, I mean, they didn't react negatively to either Woods or, uh, nor Kofi. You know, Kofi got a good reaction, but certainly Owens was the biggest star of, of, of the match. Nakamura hit the sliding German to Xavier Woods, which looked really good. Uh, Woods, uh, down, the, down the line, got... Uh, made the hot tag to Kingston, who just ran wild on Cesaro, hit a boom drop, knocked Rusev off the apron, went for the SOS, but Cesaro kicked out. Cesaro did the swing, sharpshooter, and Owens broke that up with a super kick, which I guess in Montreal, we got the sharpshooter and a super kick. Yeah. 
More to come on the double shot this week, chatting about the screw job. Uh, and then Rusev is in, along with Owens, who everyone's going nuts for. Owens pressed Kofi over his head to the floor. Trouble in paradise to Rusev, finishing with a stone-cold stunner by Owens onto Rusev. And Owens got the pinfall. And I don't know if this was intentional, but if it was designed to be subtle, I thought it was brilliant. Because the three of them, they put their arms up, and Owens turns around. But before he makes eye contact with Kofi... His eyes go right towards the title, and it was so brief. It was really quick that I might totally be reading into things. But if it was designed to be that, I thought it was a nice little touch that he is he is only after this guy's title. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I think what, if they do decide to, to do the turn, I think it would feel quite natural, uh, especially for Kevin Owens. So. And then the final set, actually, they cut to the back, and Vince McMahon is just grooving to this. He likes it. Yeah. He's like bobbing his head. He loves the New Day now. We don't. We didn't really get a follow-up, hey, to like Nothing. Vince's role in, in, in that whole storyline. I mean, he was the major obstacle in the way of everything. And the last we saw of him in relation to Kofi was him uh, getting into the limousine after granting Kofi the match and asking if Kofi could prove himself to be more than a B plus player or something to that effect. And no real like follow up except for, I guess this. So he, he feels Kofi has proven himself, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I mean, maybe, I mean, this will, if Owens does the turn, it does kind of tie in because Vince McMahon introduced Kevin Owens uh, when he when he did the whole comeback and everything, so they did already establish that link a few months back. That would be a really roundabout way um, to trying, make make trying, sense man. of a story that I don't think they had any intention of paying off that way. Vince like comes. They, out. You're making them sound like um, like Kevin Feige and, <laughs> and Marvel here. Yeah the 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 Game of Thrones uh, level of detail. Yeah. Uh, Vince McMahon comes out. He says it's so nice to be back in Montreal, and says that. This next acquisition is the future of SmackDown. So he has acquired this person from Raw. He's acquired something from himself. He says this person exudes charisma and gets a drum roll to play. Everyone's on to this now that this is obviously some heel coming out. I was thinking it was going to be Baron Corbin, to be honest. But he announces Elias and Graves promptly says, I quit. Uh, Yep, yep. Actually, Elias, of of all the people to get drafted, I feel like Graves would like it's it's a good time to to put Graves on one show or the other right now. Elias walks out with his guitar. He tells Vince he has his finger on the pulse of what the audience wants, and he's not happy to be here. They speak a language he cannot understand. AJ Styles isn't here anymore, so SmackDown will now become the Temple of Elias. And as he goes to play a song. He's interrupted by Roman Reigns, who comes out, gets a pretty good response, nails Elias with the Superman punch, and Vince McMahon is furious. Again, I ask why, and tells Roman to leave, go to my other show. And Roman Reigns proceeds to deliver a Superman punch to Vince McMahon, proclaiming SmackDown to be his yard, and Graves says, consider the game changed. And at the end of the show, he speared Elias to go off the air. So I thought this was really cool that you're taking 
your top baby face and rather than matching him with the the heel wrestler he's going to be feuding with the authority figure who is taking a villain like approach to this top baby face star and that's just a dynamic i have not gotten in the last 22 years of this show so i'm really looking forward to the the new wrinkle that smackdown has introduced listen at at 70 something years old uh, vince has a playbook and i think at this point it's somewhat exhausted but it's it's what he knows works and if you're talking about roman reigns who at this point like i'm honestly surprised that it's it hasn't really taken him that much time to kind of fall back into like roman reigns territory where i felt on this episode he was very much in danger of getting booed i i think you even saw a little bit of it but i thought they booked him really well here obviously having you know the elias swerve as a precursor and and making roman seem like a hero in comparison uh to him punching vince out I thought, and then him coming back to, to, to spear Elias after his music had already played. I think these are all ways that they were using to mitigate the potential negative reaction that Reigns would have received. Um, and, and among that is him punching Vince, the, the boss. So they're trying, uh, they're trying really hard, but I certainly, you know, I'm not as confident about the Roman Reigns babyface experiment as I might've been when he returned a month ago or two months ago. I will say, I thought Vince took the punch very well. Yeah, sure. Like, he looked all discombobulated. Um, it uh-huh. actually reminded me of the... Remember the one week AJ Styles decked him? And we kind of went nowhere with that? Yes, yes. He could still take his shots, like, really well on camera. Yeah, I I think that you're right in all your assessment of what this is. Um, you know, you remember back 2015 or so when Reigns was having his latest title win and they put him against Vince and that was able to kind of stop the booze temporarily when he was paired with Vince. So I think they're looking at that kind of playbook so, that they're going with. So John, just, do you feel like this is an extended program and not just a segment between Reigns and, and McMahon? I mean, I left this that, you know, he's going to be the foil to Vince McMahon, how significant it is. I just feel he's going to be the... Like there's going to be like he's the top baby face and Vince is the evil authority figure that's going to throw obstacles in Roman Reigns way. Um, unless this was just a simple one off to introduce him. But it, that's kind of how it felt like to me at the end of this. Feels like Vince's appearances lately have all been one offs. You know, like you cited the 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 um, uh, AJ thing. The Kofi thing might have been a two week, three week thing. But but that all was- the stuff with Becky, like that was my yeah. thing is like this year alone. Like, we've done Becky, we've done Kofi, and it felt like we're starting, like, with Roman now, of, like, Vince versus pick your baby face. And I mean, this just... is, they're desperate, and this is, like, you know, who who is the most widely recognized heel that they actually have on the roster? It's Vince God, McMahon. God, maybe Roman's going to face Shane McMahon. Maybe that's going to be his program. Coming yeah. for revenge for his dad. Um... Yeah, I SummerSlam. There you go. They could do that. Uh they could do that. I I wonder who the audience would cheer in that one. Cuz I think like Shane for as much of a heel as he is, people still really like him. So I could see like the audience actually cheering for Shane over Roman for that one. I can't believe I'm saying that cuz I thought Roman Reigns by this point coming back from leukemia it would have been impossible to get to like boo, but I I, I, feel I like still we're close. think we're 
I still feel there's a ways before that kind of reaction is happening. I'm I not don't sure. feel the audience wants to do that. But I think it I depends on the on the crowd. Like if 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 this I, was... I think it is going to happen though. I think we are going to get to a point where that happens. Yeah, I I I do feel like you know I'm a little disappointed that we aren't going to get that Roman Reigns Usos pairing because I feel like that would have yeah. been one way to mitigate that. Um, that was a cool pairing when you brought that up last night that I I didn't even think of when they did the draft. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just like um, I was writing this in my update today, just that I feel Roman Reigns really works when he's in that group setting as opposed to just being on an island as the baby face. And what does that say? What does that say about Roman? You know, well, I think it can't hold his own as a single star. Well, I mean, it's, um, there's something really stale about the character, you know, like there's at at one point, um, you know, like again, like I just think he needs to change up something, whether it be the look or maybe it's an in-ring style or just some type of reinvention of his character. He's just like same old baby face. And, and more importantly, you know, in the case of his WrestleMania match, having the same old matches. So to me, he just needs to evolve. So that was SmackDown with uh, all the moves. And yeah, we'll see if there's uh, there's more to come. But they have started putting up names on the website. No other additional names yet beyond the four that we mentioned. Uh, so once again, the big acquisition, Apollo Crews going to SmackDown. So <laughs> And Buddy Murphy. Yeah, Buddy Murphy as well. No, honestly, uh, who, though, I, I'm some of re- you are hearing for the first time. <laughs> I'm really happy for Buddy Murphy that he's going to get a chance. Now, is he going to get the same type of push as even somebody like a Mustafa Ali? That really remains to be seen. But I'm glad he's on SmackDown. I mean, I'm not so glad for Alexa Bliss. I suppose like they're them being separated. But at least he's like getting a chance now to like be on a quote unquote main roster show. He's probably not going to get a chance to have the same matches that he used to have on 205 Live. But he might ha- get a bigger stage as a heel. I think it'd be a lot tougher though for somebody like him, um, because Ali as an underdog babyface that makes a lot more sense. You know him being a smaller guy. Can Buddy Murphy continue to play like the type of heel that he's been playing on Two Hundred Five Live on SmackDown with like Lars Sullivan on the same roster? I'm not so sure. And also curious. I mean, do do you see any talent uh, going to? NXT or even NXT UK. I mean, if that's if at least those ideas have been floated, mm-hmm. I mean, it tells you like they're at least open to that idea of some talent that if there's no room for them, it seems like, like if it's talent that that are that are moving down or quote unquote down to NXT, it would be talent that you haven't seen in months, like people like Killian Dane or uh, Alexander Wolf, who could use kind of that retooling. Um, I'm sure there's a whole lot of people like I'm Aiden, sure there's many that I'm sure Tyler Breeze would jump at the opportunity to go yeah. to NXT. But, you know, we're also talking people that also haven't, I suppose, been exposed yet. You know, like if you're kind of Killian Dane and Alexander Wolf, in some ways, maybe you're even thankful that Sanity didn't get a proper run because um, it kind of gives like you haven't been overexposed yet. Uh, and I don't know if I could say the same for somebody like, you know, Tyler Breeze, who I think people are well familiar with. Can he reinvent himself or is it too late for that? Right. All right. Well, let's head on over to the forum. Um, last night's show on Raw did just under a six from our scale of experts. So tonight's show, how high did you go on this one way? I go seven. Okay. A 5.8. Oh, my God. 5.86. Oh, okay. That's all, like, almost identical. They didn't even have a name change on this one. No, uh, that was. I was amazed at the the life that that name change took on. 
people. I, I think it was just a combination of like a name change that many people felt unnecessary for any reason. Um, and also just one of the worst possible names you could have thought of. Like if you were going to change the name. Uh, there, uh, three names. I, like sometimes you get the anger throughout Monday night and then Tuesday's a new day. But this this one carried the 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 day on Tuesday as well. It had life throughout Tuesday. We were having fun with it. Yeah. All right. Let's start with Chris from Queensland, Australia. Are WWE actively trying to run a B-plus show on Fox? Their only major move to counterbalance losing Miz, Andrade, Ray, the Usos, and AJ Styles was to shake off Finn with the IC title. Like, what the actual fudge? Then Paige announces her team as Asuka and Kyrie. Sorry, but is EO injured, or why else would you break up a women's tag team in a division you're trying to build? Is Lars a free agent? Could have sworn he was shaking onto Raw last night. At least Buddy Murphy won't be back in 205 Purgatory. But to top it off, the biggest SmackDown acquisition in history is Elias? Bigger than The Rock in 2000? I think the Elias okay, one was meant so to it's be very clear, it's, it's clear to me Chris missed the Roman Reigns introduction. I as, think so too. As he goes on to say, needless to say, I turned off the television right then and there. Oh. So you missed. How could you have thought Elias was going to be the big payoff at the end of the show? I mean, it was like there were like eight minutes left in the show. Yeah. I mean, it was very clear you were going to get a big surprise at the end. Yeah. Or maybe not even a surprise for many. Anyway, as far as Io Shirai goes, I, I can see them looking at, okay, like Kyrie Sane's done her year on, on NXT. She's kind of proven yep. herself. I think Io Shirai kind of still. It could benefit from another year. I agree. I agree. I kind of like, you know, there is, you know, the, this isn't as big as probably uh, the war Raiders getting plucked as tag champions, but tomorrow night they are airing the match where it's, it's Kyrie Sane's last opportunity at the title. She has to win against Shayna Baszler. So, I mean, you really couldn't prevent that from happening. The, the fact that the draft fell the night before, but Mm. you're right. Like Kyrie, has ultimately failed against Shayna Baszler, and now Io Shirai can try and do what, what Kyrie failed to do. So I, I don't mind, because Io has not had that extended run at NXT, and I think she that women's division would be really hurt by losing both of them, and I don't think it hurts to have Kyrie come up. It's something necessary for Asuka, who was desperately in need of something, so this is something. Yeah, um, I, I don't mind the breakup. I feel like pairing Io Shirai with Kyrie Sane was always just a way to introduce Io Shirai. The same way... Pairing Kyrie with Asuka right now is a way to introduce Kyrie before breaking all of these people up on their own as single stars. So let's also remember everybody, like as much as they want to say it, NXT, I think is still, as we saw with the Viking experience, really just like developmental, the same way OVW was, the same way FCW was. So in the end, all that really matters, I think, to them is to make sure that they have talent that they feel has proven themselves to, uh, uh, you know, capable of being on TV and I don't know, um, that they could trust, I suppose, to, to exist within their system. And I feel like they are still looking to test out Io Shirai, for lack of a better word. And what what is Io Shirai going to get out of the name generator? Because there ain't a prayer uh, she's coming up as that name. Yeah, like imagine Vince trying to, oh man. Io? Yeah, Rio. Um, Monica. <laughs> Monica Cass- Schwartz. Catherine. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you see how much fun it is, John? Like, to think about, like, the Vince McMahon, like, what goes in the man's head? And, like, 
when he's thinking of potential names for all these guys. Like, we lost it for a while. For a while, we were getting like, oh, Shinsuke Nakamura coming up. Like, okay. Um, but now it's like, we're back to like the days of like Eli Cottonwood. All right. I mean, Kushida got his name in NXT. I guess NXT is maybe we nothing clearly done. have seen as not the barometer of um, whether a name is going to uh, go through the entire process. At one point it did. I mean, Kushida could still very well exist like because you could pronounce it, I suppose. But for some reason, he had some hang up with the War Raiders. Um, OK, <laughs> I, I'm still laughing. <laughs> the Viking experience. Paul from New Jersey. Aside from Lars and the women's tag champs eating pins left and right, I enjoyed the majority of the show. Maybe too much comedy for some, but I thought two-thirds of the New Day and the Big O were very enjoyable throughout the show. Ali, Balor, and the six-man were both fantastic. The crowd was very loud for both. I'm really excited to see Buddy Murphy as well. I can't really say I care about Roman either way, but having him punch Vince McMahon in the face in Montreal is just common sense booking. I'll give this one a 9. The show doesn't move to Fox until October 4th, so I think everybody needs to relax. I'm sure they will add even more. Uh, We move on to Mike from Minnesota. Unless something crazy happens, this does not look like a SmackDown that Fox would like to see. Very few credible heels. I count only four tag teams, but yet they have a loaded women's division. I just see this current roster running out of fresh matchups in about six months. Do you think that the rosters will make major changes once again when the Fox deal starts? Uh... I still maintain that when they do that first show, it's they're going to put everything onto that show. That's what I feel. Sure, that first show, but how about like a month after that? Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's um, they're going to have to have a decision to make. I mean, they seem they're committed to doing this brand split. Um, but yeah, it's like the first number on Fox, that's all well and good. Week five and six are the more important ones because that's going to ultimately tell you if you have been able to cultivate an audience on Friday nights and not just at the level it's at now, like you in essence have to grow this audience because mm. Fox is doing a higher average on Friday nights at the moment. Yeah. Um, so that's, I'm like, concerned. You're, you're playing with, with like the big guns uh, when you're on network television in prime time. Yeah. Without Rhonda, um, Brock probably still on a limited schedule. If he's still around by that point, I feel like it'll be tough. Someone in the arena just mess- messaged me that the uh, the dark match after 205 Live was Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. Okay. So that's what they did. All actually. right. Nick from New Jersey. I love the pop KO received to start, but found the New Day segments very disappointing. I guess I'm more of a fan of KO's comedy on his own and not feeding off of the New Day shtick. Is it just me or does Lars Sullivan look like a buff Will Sasso? <laughs> I totally see it. I totally see uh, it. I'd I need Bret Hart to stand side by side oh, uh, yeah. for a comparison. Pretty weak roster additions for SmackDown and didn't find the matches particularly entertaining. Four out of ten. Brad from Halifax. Guys, is that it? I have to watch the Superstar Shake-Up for years, and this is all it is this year? Very underwhelming. Where is EC3? Where is Heavy Machinery? Where are your question marks and grammar, Brad? Really, is this it? No wonder people quiet. On the plus side, Kevin Owen is over. Funny. And so good in every way. Seriously, is there are more moves to come? Dot, dot, dot. Right? There's a question mark. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Well, first, EC3 is is on Raw. They confirmed that, right? Yes. Okay. Which means um, there's a 50-50 shot. He'll be on Raw next week. Yeah. But no update on Heavy Machinery, although we could we could assume SmackDown. Maybe. We could assume lots of things. True. I choose not to, though. Yeah. Also, nothing on Nikki Cross, so, so nothing confirmed for those ones yet. 
No, I assume that we would, um, you know, again, if they're going to be doing more additional website updates, I, I could see them making those clear with, with uh, a website update. But to Brad's point, like, you know, about there being more moves, I'm not really sure what more they could do. Like, this is what the roster is right now. If you have any complaints that maybe this current roster is lacking the star power of, you know, people like a John Cena. It but, absolutely is. But like, I mean, you, it is, like, what were the major names that could have moved tonight? Lesnar. Roman, Rousey, Roman, they're not available. Roman, Cena's not around. Roman is the biggest name you could have moved, and they did. Like that. they literally did not have a bigger name on on Raw that you could move. Like I still feel Roman to the general fan watching is perceived as a bigger star than Seth Rollins right now. So of what you had available, like this is this is where you are at a level of star power. You moved AJ and you moved Roman, which are pretty significant moves, and it's kind of been met with kind of a shrug of the shoulders because I, I don't think that you've made switching shows mean anything. These are identical programs in people's eyes and it's very interchangeable parts where you have, you don't have a plethora of major stars. We go to Carl who says, I like they added more women to the SmackDown roster, but why the hell were they booing Bailey? Did I miss something? And as far as for the men, not a whole lot there with Finn, Lars, Roman, Murphy and Elias. That's it. I expected more. Then again, oh, they got three new girls. Yeah, I was expect- expecting more than this. Then again, why have expectations when you keep getting let down? Wow. Where's your uh, caps? Lo- uh, where's your period button, Carl? Like, no punctuation. This was one continuously run-on sentence. There was no period at the end of this. So it's, he's still going on some yeah. other document. Hmm. Jay from Colorado, remember back in 2002 when Vince McMahon went crazy and hired the NWO to destroy the WWE from within? In the end, he didn't need the NWO. He just needed himself. Tonight's show had Vince's hands all over it again. As he has been, as has been the case, it suffered greatly for it. It's going to sound like an awful thing to say, and I apologize to anyone who might be offended, but I really hope the XFL is wildly successful so it takes Vince away from the WWE full-time. Damn. <laughs> Finally, Prakash from Michigan. I really enjoyed tonight's SmackDown much more than last night's Raw. My favorite moment was Paige introducing the team of Kyrie and Asuka. That was exactly the team I was hoping for when Paige made the announcement last week. I hope the team succeeds as they now have Paige to cut promos for them. I hope Io Shirai gets to win NXT's Women's Championship sometime this year. Speaking of Io and Kyrie, I wonder if Mayu Iwatani will ever come to NXT or WWE. But I digress. Do you have any thoughts on that, John? I mean, obviously, like, the all those women in stardom, I think, are on their radar. So certainly would not surprise me. Like, she would be one of the, the standouts that, you know, if she if her contract came up, I'm sure that, especially if they did another Mae Young Classic, I would imagine she would be a candidate that they would want to get. I am more invested in the wrestlers moving to SmackDown from Raw than the ones who moved to Raw last night. I'm really excited about Buddy Murphy, too. I hope he does not get vinced on the main roster. But I'm not really happy with Kevin Owens' new character. Maybe it will slowly grow on me, but as of now, I want to see heel Kevin Owens back. I'm in a generous mood tonight just because of Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and Buddy Murphy. So seven insane elbows out of ten. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for the feedback. Uh, that wraps up uh, the Superstar Shakeup 2019. Uh, yeah, and we'll see if there are any more moves beyond the ones they've just announced tonight. Um if there's more to come or if that's it. So I'm just laughing because John Cena just uh, tweeted us a video 
He says the superstar shakeup continues on Twitter as he takes off his post wrestling shirt to reveal an up next shirt. Oh, he's we lost jump him. ship. Well, who are we getting in return? Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we, we maybe, got Brandon from maybe New Scrump. Jersey, maybe. maybe Scrump. Oh yeah, maybe Scrump. Or, or Jesse from the Six. Yeah. yeah, we're good friends. Well, we'll see. All right. Um, before we get on out of here, Way and I are going to be back on Wednesday night with a special edition of the Double Shot for all members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. So sign up, and you can hear us for yet another night of great chat. We're going to be going over the Viceland special on the Montreal Screwjob Dark Side of the Ring. Joey Janela's Spring Break Part 1 and 2, and Being the Elite, uh, spell, Spellbound. Yes, I'm looking forward to talking about all those things, in particular, the Invisible Man versus the Invisible Stan. Um, I think you should at least watch that one, John. It's- I watched it. I couldn't find them on the video. <laughs> Uh, I encourage everybody to try to check that one out. As, and as well, of course, the clusterfuck, which John had to sadly sit through. Um, it's going to be fun. As well, uh, coming out this week on Wednesday, the British Wrestling Experience returns. I'm sure they will have plenty of comments on being the originators of the experience wrestling, the original wrestling experience, at least uh, to me at, anyway. And then on Thursday, up oh, next. Oh, by the way, on the on the. British Wrestling Experience. Uh, they're uh, Martin and Benno. They're welcoming uh, Jamesy back, and MLW CEO Court Bauer is going to be on their show uh, because MLW Fusion just launched on Free Sport in the UK and Ireland. So Court is going to be on the show with them on Wednesday. Look at this. You can call the show the King and the Fish and Chips. Oh wow. Damn, you are on fire tonight, Wayne. Oh, my God. That's a pretty it's, good one. It's all that high chew that I got, all this extra high chew I have now. Uh, so on Thursday, we've got Up Next with Braden and Davey as uh, Davey laments the loss of Kyrie Sane from NXT. Uh, I wonder if he read ahead. And then you and I will be live with the Cafe Hangout, 3 o'clock Eastern time. You can tune in live if you're a double-double ice cap or espresso member at the Post Wrestling Cafe. We'll be joined by David Lagana to chat about the upcoming Crockett Cup that's coming up next weekend in North Carolina, featuring uh, maybe one of the more interesting uh, brackets for a tag team tournament I've seen in some time. Yeah, definitely. Certainly, it's a, I mean... It's a fun little mix of different teams from uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, the Rock and Roll Express, who just represent themselves, but any tournament where you've got PCO, Ricky Morton, and Yuji Nagata... I'm interested. I, I have to say, like, I mean, maybe the most high-profile thing I've heard coming out of the NWA since that Cody versus Aldis match. So, yeah, I'm intrigued. Uh, so we'll chat with uh, David Lagana about that on Thursday. We'll also take uh, your phone calls. And then the week wraps up on Friday with Rewind Away. Uh, we are going to be reviewing PWG's Battle of Los Angeles night number three from last year's tournament in 2018. So we'll be going through that entire show and that was selected by Bruce Lord, our espresso executive producer. So lots of stuff to look forward to coming up on the site. And anything else, Way? That's it. See you guys later. It's been an experience. <laughs>